0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening everyone, depending on where you are in the world. My name is Justin Hess, and I am the Product Manager for Assessments at Relias. I'm an industrial organizational psychologist by trade, and personnel assessments are my specialty. I've been working with organizations for more than 10 years for the purpose of employee selection and development. My partner in crime today is Leslie Jeffries. And would you mind introducing yourself?
1: Hey, Justin. Um, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Um, as Justin mentioned, my name is Leslie Jeffries. I am a registered nurse and have a clinical background in acute care, um, primarily in the critical care and step-down specialties. Um, have been with Relias for about 10 years, and. Uh, primarily work in the content clinical team and and creating uh, pre-employment assessments uh, for the healthcare industry, as well as uh, working with the operations team and developing personalized content in um, part of our learning management system. So glad you're here with us today.
0: Thank you, Leslie. Now, before we begin, we'd like to let you know that in addition to this podcast, there are a number of resources surrounding our topics available on Relias' website for free, and that is Relias.com. We have white papers on using personnel assessments for hiring and development, a three-part webinar series on hiring and retention, and blog posts to supplement. Check them out if you have the time and think they may be helpful to you. So today, we're going to be kicking off a three-part mini-series where we will discuss the current demographics of the healthcare workforce and the financial impact of turnover, barriers to an effective hiring process and how to overcome those, and finally, best practices for using assessments to inform pre-hire decisions. So that's the selection decision-making that I was speaking of earlier. Today in part one, we're going to look at a number of workforce metrics and their impact on the operation of healthcare organizations. Leslie, would you mind taking it away?
1: Sure. Um, I think it's important as we focus on demographics of our workforce and we, we talk about turnover, uh, we, that we look at the statistics and kind of the current landscape of the nurse workforce um, that's out there in the United States. And, and really, this turnover topic is really not news to anyone. I'm, sh- I'm certain of that, that uh, is on this call today, because it's been an issue that many organizations have faced for years, um, sometimes consistently, but um, other people could probably say it's, it's cyclically Um, It happens. And so we there's certainly some geographical considerations and variants that we have to keep in mind. But uh, but for purposes of our call today and our podcast, we're going to discuss averages um, and just kind of industry wide statistics. So, uh, Justin, I'm going to put you on the spot here and, and just to begin uh, if I were to ask you what percentage of RNs in this country were 50 years of age or older, um, what would your guess be? And, and before you guess, I'll, I'll tell you that the total number of RNs in the United States is just shy of about 3 million.
0: Ooh, okay, that, that's a big money question, Leslie. Um, I'm going to guess between 30 and 35%.
1: Okay. Good guess. Um, actually the, the number is a staggering 40 to 55%. Um, so um, it's, it's amazing. The, uh, the numbers are are pretty staggering and, you know, one of the statistics that I think it's hard to really sometimes kind of wrap your mind around it, but you know, there's going to be 1 million RNs to retire between, um, this year, 2018, um, all the way through 2033. And so when you think about the impact of 1 million nurses exiting this specialty, coupled with the, the fact that we don't have the same number of new nurses entering the field, um, you can quickly see that there is going to be this huge gap in available nurses to fill some of the most important positions um, that we have across many different specialties in healthcare. Um, And when you think about new nurses and the turnover that organizations experience, um, we're looking at in the neighborhood of about 18 percent of new nurses are going to turn over within their very first year of employment.
0: Now, Leslie, can we step back uh, just a little bit and talk about what these numbers actually mean to healthcare organizations? So, for example, what impact have you seen in the places you've worked previously because of these changing dynamics in the nurse workforce, for example?
1: Yeah, good question. And, and I think, you know, when I think about the changing landscape and, and how these dynamics change with some of the older nurses and the more experienced nurses that we have in the field and some of the new nurses, I think one of the very first things that at least comes to my mind are the technology changes that we've seen in all different specialties across healthcare. So you think about, you know, equipment changes, the way in which we provide care changes. We have telemedicine. We have more informed pieces of equipment that help us, you know, give patient care treatments and interventions, Um you know, in the, in the most feasible and the safest way possible. So you have an, a set of nurses who are going to be retiring along with a, a more technology savvy group of nurses coming in um, to, to the industry. And so obviously there, there's two very different modes of practice, if you will. Um, there's also lots of research going on across the healthcare industry at all times. And so this, uh, this research is always supporting the need and the update for what we would call evidence-based practice changes, um, and so whenever you think about when new research shows new things and and really uh, supports a change in a certain treatment or an intervention that we do for patient care, um, a lot of that needs to be communicated um, to to the people out working in the field. So so you can you can see that there's this uh, you know there's a gap between. You know, experienced nurses and the nurses that are coming into the field, and you know, I I think um, I think one of the things that we also have to keep in mind are, as new as older experiences uh, or older experienced nurses exit the field, we also have new nurses coming in that need to be precepted. They need to have a great onboarding experience, and uh, when you think about the the knowledge that uh, these experienced nurses have and that they have gained over their career. Um, there, there is going to be some challenges in how do we transfer that knowledge to the new nurses coming in so that we try to minimize that gap in patient care um, without having, you know, a negative effect. To find out more about topics like this one, Please go to reliasmedia.com/podcast where you can listen to other episodes. There, you also can subscribe to our informative publications, such as Healthcare Risk Management, and obtain CME or CE credits.
0: Now. I'm sure Leslie's examples hit maybe a little too close to home for a lot of you, but I also don't want to neglect our friends in other healthcare industries as well. So for example, uh, professionals and managers in the intellectual and developmental disability space face a 40 to 50% average turnover rate for their direct support professionals or DSPs. That means that on average, Every year they're replacing almost half of their DSP workforce. Uh, Personally, I've spoken to IDD organizations that have a DSP turnover rate as high as 80%, which means four out of five DSPs are likely to leave within say a year of starting employment. That puts forth an immense cost in both resources for finding hiring and training those new people, but then also costs related to morale and other personnel or uh, more of those quote-unquote soft costs. Leslie, can you talk to me a little bit about the financial impacts of these numbers for healthcare organizations?
1: Yeah, certainly. And you, you know, you're right. I mean, you, you point out 80% turnover rate is just, uh, it's almost even hard to kind of wrap your mind around what are the impacts that have to an organization, but. You know, when, when you think about the average of turnover costs for employees um, and you think about their salaries, it's normally around the neighborhood of 21, 21 and a half percent of the annual salary. So for an RN, uh, you know, you're looking at probably around $14,500, you know, give or take a few. And, and obviously, I think, um, Justin, do you, do you recall what the amount is for the DSPs in the IDD
0: space? Yeah, you bet. So that's about six thousand four hundred and twenty dollars uh, per DSP.
1: Yeah, wow. So you do that math times eighty percent. You know, of your of your turnover, it's uh, the numbers add up quite quickly. And you know, I think for a practical example, you know, well let let's just use the um, the number of a hundred people. So if you're in a long-term care facility and you have a hundred staff members. Um, and you do the math. I mean, you're looking at close to about a quarter of a million dollars annually that your organization may spend just on turnover cost alone. Um, and in the acute care environment, where turnover for nurses averages around 16% annually, I mean that can be upward, um, you know, of a half a million dollars. So, you know, no small chump of change that we're talking about as it relates to to turnover cost and the financial implications of those. And, you know, and especially in acute care, because, you know, that's what I'm probably most passionate, most experienced with, um, you know, in this age of reimbursement for quality indicators and quality outcomes, um, that volume of money spent on turnover is something that has to become, uh, something that becomes under control, um, or, or hospitals are just, they're going to continue to find, um, you know, more and more challenges with turnover cost and reduction in payments um, from, from organizations like CMS. Um, and one of the things I just wanted to point out to while we're on this topic is that the uh, National Healthcare RN Retention Report that was published this year actually um, stated that in, in their research that every change, per, yeah, I'm sorry, every 1% change in turnover can save an average hospital an additional 300 and $37,000 per year. So, you know, if you can just somehow impact the turnover by just, you know, a half or one or one and a half percent, I mean, the financial implications of that are, are great. And it's certainly something that that we should continue discussion about and continue to focus on as leaders in our space.
0: That's amazing, Leslie, and beyond just the financials, and I've kind of alluded to this earlier, but turnover has a demonstrable impact on a number of dynamics related to the workforce. You know, first are the challenges related to workload balancing and negative hits to morale as individuals exit organizations. So, for example, if you're on an already stressed or overloaded team and one of those members exits, the remainder, the remaining people have to assume that work, and that puts a lot of stress on them. Have you ever experienced any of these sort of more negative dynamics, Leslie?
1: Yeah, and you know it's um unfortunately, I have to say yes, you know to that and it's not a it's not a fun experience and you know I think what happens when you think about turnover, when someone exits a department or a unit or you know facility, you have this um, snowball effect that occurs. And so, you know, from a practical perspective, you know, in my experience as a nurse manager, when someone leaves, it obviously creates um, a vacancy in your staffing, and and so that has immediate um, implications to the morale in your current existing workforce. So when you're short staffed, typically people have to pick up extra shifts. They have to work longer shifts. Um, you know, in some states they're able to mandate overtime. So, you know, it affects not only morale within the department, but it begins to affect individuals' work family balance, you know, in their personal life. Um, and ultimately this decreased morale and fatigue, you know, can set in and it ultimately affects patient care. Um, Unfortunately, in a negative way. And so when you have this snowball effect occurring, there's it's just one one negative thing happens after another. And when you can't get that turnover under control, it's just a constant, um, you know, minutia of everything that happens, um, unfortunately, that, that negatively impacts everyone.
0: I would like to talk a little bit about what you just mentioned about patient care. And honestly, that's the majority of where the second part of the effects are felt by. And those are the individuals whom we serve. So both Relias, but also healthcare organizations out in the industry already. Uh, These people are the most vulnerable members of society. And Leslie, could you talk a little bit about the impacts that turnover has on them, either directly or indirectly?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, as I talked about earlier, when when you don't have the staff members that you need taking care of the patients um, that need the care, um, obviously, it's going to impact the quality of care that that they're going to receive. And, you know, we're taking care of people when they're they truly are their their most vulnerable self. I mean, they're sick. Uh, I mean, how many of us have. I've ever used, you know, the services of a, a clinic or, you know, perhaps it's an urgent care emergency department. Um, you know, they, when these people come to us, um, they're depending on us as complete strangers. Um, they've never met them before in many cases to ultimately, you know, help their problem, help them heal or help them get better. So when we have limited resources due to turnover, um, when you couple that with things such as new technology Um, increased documentation requirements, it just becomes, you know, a huge overwhelming challenge. Um, And and this can certainly manifest as disruptions in the continuity of care. Um, Standards of care may not necessarily be followed in every single um, instance. And and ultimately, we will experience uh, lower health outcomes um, in these populations.
0: Leslie, thank you so much for going through with us today and especially giving us your very, very valuable clinical insights. I'm going to go ahead and pause and say that we hope our overview today on turnover and industry challenges gives you some pause for thought and some reflection on how it affects you and your organizations. In our next episode, we're going to be taking a look at what can be done to actually address these issues and how employers and healthcare professionals can find a better fit to reduce turnover and increase job satisfaction in their workforce. So we would like to invite you to tune in next week with us. If you'd like to learn more in the meantime, you can check out our website at Relias.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rounds with Relias.
1: To find out more about topics like this one, please go to ReliasMedia.com slash podcast where you can listen to other episodes. There, you also can subscribe to our informative publications, such as Hospital Employee Health, and obtain CE credits. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Relias Media, where we empower healthcare providers to improve patient care and outcomes.